0: I am long on the record of believing that comedy is the best lens through which to address important, powerful issues. And I've only just been reminded that musical comedy is maybe even a better way to do that, but now that I've seen the world premiere of Matthew C. Yee's Lucy and Charlie's Honeymoon at the Looking Glass Theater, I am more convinced of this universal truth than ever. Matt, congratulations, my friend.
1: Thank you, I really appreciate
0: that. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 862, Asian American Renegades. (laughs) an excerpt from the opening number of Lucy and Charlie's Honeymoon, the new country and Western musical written by Matthew C. Yi, now having its world premiere at the Looking Glass Theater in Chicago and running until July 16, 2023. Matthew also plays the titular Charlie, and his brother Peter is played by the great comic actor Ramel Chan, and both actors joined me last weekend for a conversation about how Lucy and Charlie's Honeymoon came to be. I asked Matt what came first, the characters, the themes,
1: or the country music vocabulary. Asian American renegades. I started out with characters. I had Lucy and Charlie as sort of an idea. uh, I had an idea of who they were, and it was this couple that um, uh, wanted to have, have an outlaw lifestyle. And they just got married, and they wanted to go on their honeymoon. And I started working on this... Back in 2012, I believe it was. Um, I was in college and I was doing a, a, a on-camera class, and we needed to come up with a scene that we wanted to film. And so I wrote this scene about this couple who are outside of a gas station, and they're just arguing about how they should rob the gas station. And that was the whole scene. So that's where it started, and it didn't have anything to do with Asian American identity or any of the any of like the heavier topics that we touched on in the show. Um, But as the years went by and I got older and like, I still was really interested in these characters and I wanted to find a way to turn it into something larger. And um, I uh, started out with a short, like 15 minute um, uh, one act that um, we did a reading of. Um, back in uh, at Victory Gardens years ago. Were you a part of
2: that one? I don't think so. I don't think you were.
1: That was before yeah, your time. Me. And, and there was two songs. There was Renegades, which opens the show, which is like the thesis statement of the show. And what a great one it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and then we had Honeymoon, which ended the show. So that was the whole, the whole piece. So I had those two songs. And from there, I just kept building it, and I kept... Um, of uh, finding new characters that I was interested in exploring. Um, a lot of the characters in the story are based off of people in my family, some of whom were actually here at the matinee today. So that was fun. Uh, my grandma was a big inspiration for, for the grandma on the show. Um, and then as we kept working on it too, the people that were on board, sort of like my friends who were reading it, became part of it too. Like Ramel has been a part of it since 2017. And which is when I met him, and when I started figuring out who the character of Peter Chan was, I sort of based it off of what I knew of him because it just felt right. And same with Aurora, who plays Lucy, like that was it was her voice that I was trying to capture.
2: Yeah, I think basically when you met me, my wife at the time, or my wife was pregnant at the. Time. That's right. And so, like all of the scenes that I we you, like where I'm talking about where Peter's talking about his wife. Is basically my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so your wife's in the
0: show too. Very cool. Yeah. Um, well, but that's one of the that's one of the really fun things about the show. I'm a sucker for family stories, but also family uh uh generational sagas. And so you the the play talks about I mean it's funny that you it started off with the scene you said it started off with, because it now feels like you've written a country and western Tarantino movie. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit which i love and 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 the clearly the country and western music is second nature to you you're not mimicking some style you've heard this is in your bones it feels
1: like i think so yeah i definitely grew up listening to that music it's a type, style of music that i've loved playing since i was a kid um, I've been playing guitar since I was like 12 or so. And I was always, my first love was Bob Dylan. So like folk music was, was huge for me. And um, my mom listened to a lot of country stuff. And so that was part of my childhood too. Um, but yeah, the style is definitely something that I just really, really admire uh, and love playing. Well, and that style of music lends
0: itself to narrative, to to story, to narration, to theater. I'm kind of surprised we don't see more country and Western musicals now that I think about it.
1: I know that style is so, the style of songwriting is so specific. And so, um, yeah, like all of the songs are about such specific details that a lot of times it feels like, like, how could this be universal? But because it's so specific, it becomes universal, you know? Right. Like, yeah, that's something that I love about country as opposed to like pop and rock is like, there are generalizations generally in rock music that are like about the big idea, right? Right. Country music is about somebody who's like inside of that and like what their exact experience is.
0: And, and you talk about the universal to the specific, or the specific to the universal. I mean, y- your show is is specifically about first generation Asian American renegades. And yet y- it, th- that feels like a universal idea of not only children of immigrants, but also just anybody trying to find an identity and particularly an American identity in this m- moment, like trying to figure out what, well, Jesus, what the hell is an American identity anyway?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the play has definitely, the musical has definitely become about what it means to be an American and how we identify that, uh, how, how we identify as Americans. So I think there's a lot of um, right now, there can be a lot of shame in being an American and, um, A lot of fear in like being patriotic, you know, and it's not just about American identity. It's about how we view ourselves in general as human beings. Right. That's a huge challenge is like we all have to wake up and decide who we want to be. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And the
0: expectations we put on ourselves and the expectations that our parents and grandparents put on us and the expectations we'll put on our kids.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And who we are is really just a reaction to everything that happens to us too. Sometimes it's not even a choice. It's, you can react in ways that you are not conscious of. And that's like informing you who you are and informing the world who you are. So I think something that, especially Charlie is trying to do in this play is like, be really conscious of who he's trying to be. But his subconscious is like it all up anyways. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the more you the yeah, the more and the harder you
0: try to be the thing you want to be, the more you mess it up. Yeah. The other thing I love and it's and I hope it's not too much of a spoiler, but there's this idea that uh, uh that that Lucy and Charlie consider themselves to be renegades, but Peter is a little bit in his way a renegade and the generations who came before us We're probably doing things their parents didn't approve of you know renegade a a renegade identity is kind of universal as well
2: yeah it's interesting to think about particularly in this play what it means to be inside the law and outside of the law because like they're like everyone in the play is in some way like an outlaw like you you have to because of like what sides you take or what you choose to like uh, take on for yourself, like that, that becomes your like outlaw persona, yeah. And like it sort of reflected a little bit in the way we switch between the band and like the characters, too. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. You mean like, and do you mean visually?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's some, yeah, some of the costume changes where we we become like. When we are a part of the band, we become like these archetypes of outlaws, and yeah. rather than a more nuanced version of an outlaw, right? Hello. As far as I know, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast.
0: Where can you RSC the RSC? We'll perform the complete history of comedy abridged in North Carolina next month at the Blumenthal Center in Charlotte on July 13th and 14th and Appalachian State University on July 16th, 2023. Check out the touring page at our website, reducedshakespeare.com, or our Facebook page or Twitter feed at Reduced for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with Matthew C. Yee and Ramel Chan, two of the actors in the Looking Glass Theatre world premiere production of Lucy and Charlie's Honeymoon, for which Matthew also wrote the book and score. Well, and can we talk about walking those tonal lines as this show does? Uh, Ramel, one of the things I I have loved about you and all the performances I've seen you do, both of them, um, is... It's that you create such great, specific, large characters that are so grounded, mm-hmm. and they're not big and over the top. They're really tr- truthful and and honestly felt, and I just love it and admire it so much. And I'm and I'm wondering how much uh, how much you brought to this process that kind of attitude, or or Matt, how much how much you were hoping to get exactly what Ramel's bringing amongst the entire ensemble because it is, it's comic. It could be over the top, but it's not, it's really grounded and real.
2: So there's a lot of stuff in the script that I sort of attach to like in terms of the relationship between like the family and it not a lot of it, like through the process of like several years, hasn't ended up like actually on stage, but like, I've like, I've been able to take that stuff and bring it down a little bit. Like, into the space for like this is about family. This is about two brothers who are like all, have experienced something together, or experiencing this identity crisis together. But like one of them like chooses this side, and the other chooses the other side. And I think it's a testament to your writing, really, Matt. That like it it shows like in the way the the play has like come out. Thanks. Yeah. Like I think that I think there is like interesting uh like the comedy is like very heightened and uh yeah i don't know part of it might might
0: be the 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 looking glass space as well which is wonderfully uh intimate
1: yeah it's so great to be that close to the audience because you can really your performance can be much more nuanced than in a larger space um and that's i was going to say is like uh, one of the keys to comedy is like you have to be a real person, no matter what your circumstances, no matter how insane the situation I'm I'm putting them in, <laughs> you have to be a real person and you have to react honestly. Um yeah, that's that's where comedy comes from. Well, and
0: speaking of reacting honestly, there were moments at the opening night that I saw where Matt, you are upstage playing the guitar because all the act the actors are the band, and vice versa. Um, and you're up there playing a the guitar while the scenes going on downstage and you were just smiling, man, into light. And I couldn't tell, is that is that Charlie smiling or is that Matt
1: smiling? That's one of the, the things that I love about doing actor, musician, musical theater is that when you're playing an instrument, a lot of times it's like, that's just me playing a guitar. I think that's true for a lot of musicians. It's like, to really experience it, you're experiencing it as yourself. Um, but then you also then you get to like slide out of that and you get to go play a character, and then you get to go back to being some version of you and the character. Um, and something that we were trying to capture with the staging was that we are a group of people, uh, human beings who are not these characters who are telling the story together. And so seeing us on stage in the background, like I'm like fiddling with all those pedals and stuff that I have and tuning my guitar and all this business that is like all utilitarian. Uh, to make the story is uh, something that I just love to to see because you get to the audience gets to watch everybody in the cast honestly enjoy the moments on stage together. It's really a fun way to do it. That's very cool
0: because you're like channeling Harpo Marx in maybe a way you're not even aware of because Harpo Marx used to say, you know, when I'm running around chasing women and honking horns, that's me acting. The only time I'm not acting is when I'm on screen playing the harp.
1: Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's perfect. Yeah, you can't, Um, if you're really playing music, you can't, you can't, there's no lying because the notes have to be the notes yeah. and you have to be, for for it to be good, you just have to be there experiencing it. It's very, you have to be in the moment when you're playing music. Where do we think the
0: show goes from here? How much will you play with it during its run at Looking Glass? um what what's it i guess these are two questions what's it like what's it like to be the author a- a- and the leading actor and standing up stage playing along watching the fellow actors and are you in your head going oh you kind of wish, wish you didn't quite stick that landing or
1: <laughs> uh, i'll answer the-
0: no comment is a perfectly appropriate comment as
1: well <laughs> no what's next is we just keep running the show the way that it is it's locked right now. Yeah. I will maybe at some point when I get more comfortable start thinking about what I want to fix and like writing it down for next time. But I mean, I hope we find another place to produce it. Um, because I definitely think that it can travel and have a life. Um, because it's just such a fun show and it's such a fun show to do. Um, in terms of being the playwright, composer, and an actor, musician in the show, it's been really, really complicated for me because. Early on, and even up into, into tech, there were so many changes in the show that I had to facilitate. And I had to sort of, so many big problems that I had to solve in the script. So the best way to do that is to sit in a chair and watch the actors do it. And be like, oh yeah, that's not working, that's not working. But I can't, I'm like inside of it, trying to like monitor what's happening and what's working and what's not working. And my acting severely suffered because of it um i just wasn't able to actually perform so i was really lagging behind everybody else as a performer in the show um and it was getting me in my head and like i didn't want to didn't want to be performing it for a while and this was before we even got into previews so just like running the show it was really uncomfortable cuz as an actor well, first as a playwright, you have to see the whole picture all at the same time. You have to be thinking about every moment and how they interact and like the grand scope and like what the thesis of the story is and how every moment relates to that and like what serves it and what doesn't. And as an actor, you just have to be in the moment and not think about any of that stuff. Yeah. But you just have to be living in the moment and experiencing your scene partner. And I couldn't do that. So I was so confused. But over time, I let go of all that stuff. As the show got better and better and everything sort of got set, I am now able to just let go and really just enjoy playing Charlie and enjoy playing music. It was the moments where Charlie had to be vulnerable that were really challenging. It's a different kind of Charlie. I know I want to be the frantic and loud, screaming, (laughs) angry man. (laughs) Gas station robbing Charlie, that guy I know. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) totally.
0: That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds. So stick around. Matthew C. Ye's Lucy and Charlie's Honeymoon runs until July 16th, 2023 at the Looking Glass Theater in Chicago. Go to LookingGlassTheater.org for more information. Then send your American identity via email to feedback at ReducedShakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or on our own actual website, ReducedShakespeare.com or visit my website, TheShakespeareans.com You can also follow Looking Glass Theatre on Twitter at G Glass Theater and on Instagram at Looking Glass Theater. You can also follow the show itself on Instagram at Lucy and Charlie's Honeymoon. Thanks, as always, to suburban American renegade Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand. A random fan shout-out this week goes to Catherine DeHorse. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Producing Guild of America Award and multiple Grammy Award-winning artist Weird Al Yankovic. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 862-2586 of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. I I wish you you guys all the best because it's a really wonderful show and I just hope many, many, many people get to see it, not just in Chicago, but everywhere. Thank you. I
1: really appreciate that.